Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and uh, today I thought we would talk about the water signs and, and maybe also talk a little about Mercury retrograde, which starts here on July 7th. And I, I thought I might talk about the water signs because, of course, we just started the first of the three water signs of cancer here. And, of course, I wrote about that in the blog, as I do every year. And, um, and I thought it's, it's important to understand that all these signs, of course, relate one to another. They're about this organic experience of, of spirit and, of course, being as we are human. And one without the other really doesn't make sense because they have to be held together. And, and whether we divide up the signs in terms of their uh, qualities in terms of cardinal or fixed or mutable, uh, and we would find that those those qualities are opposite. So Aries opposite Libra and Cancer opposite Capricorn, and the same for the fixed signs of, of Taurus to Scorpio and, and and Leo to Aquarius, or the mutable signs Gemini to Sag or Virgo to Pisces. Likewise, we can divide up these signs in terms of their elements, in terms of water, fire, earth, or air. And each of them will resonate with a certain tonality that relates one to the other and inform each other, but also then within the entirety of the 12 signs, we flesh out this entire experience of the unfoldment of energy uh, in every form from the most elemental forms of existences, you know, minerals and rocks and plants and animals and humans and beings beyond that. Uh, are all contained within this, these universal 12-dimensional energies that we call, I call, the, the circle of the living ones, the zodiac. Um, so I thought I'd talk about that here indeed, the sun moving into cancer now uh, and what that means for us, but also in relationship to the other two water signs coming up of Scorpio and then of Pisces. Um, as always, I'll, 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 I'll be happy to answer your questions during the show after I've done a little a little spiel here um and and if you want to talk about the water signs or your uh, any sign uh, that fact i would do that or even maybe about your own individual astrology chart if you do want to do that you just need to give, give me first a, a first name for you so i know who i'm talking to uh and at least your birth date and birthplace if you would have that i would assume and perhaps you have your birth time then i can tell you everything um, if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future show or just comment and talk to me about questions you may have, you can certainly email me. Um, it's, it's my name, Bill Atride, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E, at gmail.com to reach me. Or you can find me, find me in the blog and the two different blog postings I do, one on WordPress, one in TypePad. Or through here, the Blog Talk Radio probably interface also has ways of reaching me if you wish to call me or to write to me. Um, and I'd be happy also if you're interested in getting a personal reading, which is what I've done for going on 40 years now. You certainly can call me and talk about the process and what it entails. And if you're interested, get a reading uh, with me also. Um, um, so that is something else that I do, of course. That is my, my livelihood. <laughs> my uh, uh, as I say, birthdays are my business. Uh, so anyways, let us turn to uh, what I would like to consider today, looking at these three water signs of Cancer and Scorpio and Pisces first, and then perhaps take a, a little look at the upcoming retrograde 
of mercury. And, and of course, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't ignore what's coming up in the day after tomorrow uh, on Monday is the, is the total solar eclipse also here in Cancer uh, on July 2nd. I may, may talk about that too. So anyways, um, today we're talking about the water signs. And, and really when we look at these four different elements of fire, earth, air and water we're not talking about these things as you and i understand them of we know what fire looks like but that's not what this is about these are about temperamental qualities of energy forms um and 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 the 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 fire is said to be about inspiration and and vision and enthusiasms and earth is about manifestation and practicality and 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 substantiation and 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 then we have the airy signs which are all about mentality and thought forms and 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 understanding things in a more reasoned way um but we find that in terms of our own experience of life and one another um that all these things can take us so far but when we come to that element of air we think we've figured everything out we name things we label things we categorize things hence we know them but do we (laughs) and what we come to realize is that we often have coming to us uh, sensitivities and sensibilities and impressions and what I call apprehensions of something more than what is just named or labeled by our words or concepts or beliefs. And it's in this realm of water that we move out and move beyond a more limited understanding in a more comprehensive way, pulling together various things and relating them one to another that otherwise couldn't be accomplished in a purely imaginary or physical or thoughtful way. So when we talk about the water signs, I say we're talking about feeling, about connecting, what I would call whole making, making something whole or more complete. Um, and so it's, it's quite appropriate or really timely that after each air sign, we find ourselves moving through these realms of water. Because as I like to say, and have said to many of my clients over the years, and pointed this out, that thoughts can often divide us. Um, And while our feelings will more often unite us. Like, for example, when we're in a theater and watching a movie or watching a powerful scene or something, an event that occurs on the stage of life or on the stage of a stage, we'll all have our various and different ways given our background and upbringing and and sensibilities of how we understand ourselves in the world of understanding and explaining what just happened. Just like witnesses of an event like a crime scene or an accident or something, each person will have a slightly different version of what they saw in that event because their perceptions and and their point of view and whatever they, they all have a different version of what happened. But more than not, and more likely than not, every one of them is going to feel the same way about what just happened or what they just saw. It's either going to be tragic or joyful or what have you. So thoughts can separate us, and, and, and maybe that's part of the point of them in some ways to distinguish and differentiate, but feelings will tend to unite us. And that is part of their function, of course. The water signs connect you and all of us inwardly and outwardly and horizontally. In other words, inwardly going in to the root of things and outwardly going out to beyond ourselves, above ourselves, but also horizontally on this same plane, one to another. 
Cancer is the sign that is here to bring us back to your origins, back to your roots through centering upon your foundations. And Pisces, in a way, the last water sign, takes you outward and beyond any one form of being to connect with all of life or spirit in often very mystical experiences um, of, that are like illuminations and experiences of self-transcendence. And then in Scorpio, the second of the three water signs, which some would say is the most challenging of the three, um, represents or rules how you connect most intimately with and to one another in your joint ventures or your more deeply meaningful personal unions. We come to cancer having experienced the multiplicities of life, which we have met through the prism of Gemini, where our adaptability and ingenuity and our intelligence, our unquenchable curiosity have often resulted in experiences that are split into an infinitude of sometimes seemingly unrelated parts. It's quite true that we can entertain thoughts that are quite contrary to one another and still be functional and, and be involved in many, many different scattered activities in life that seem unrelated to each other. But the gift then coming with cancer is to help us to find and remain centered in our true nature, to be secured by and through what lies at the center of you and I, our true self. This begins as it would with family from our earliest upbringing with mother, father, and grandmother, grandparent, and everyone else, that they are shaping us. And by this inheritance of traits and sensibilities that come from us and from the immediate and our larger sense of family as we grow through our life and time and establish our own relations with family and kin, we are deeply immersed in these sensibilities that are rooted back in time and space, often very ancient things and sometimes more tip typical and topical and more just relevant to the time we're in. But sir, we are moved by these experiences, moved by tastes and sounds and smells uh, and, and, and cultural artifacts that go deep, deep back into our past. And so when it's properly understood and experienced, by a more or less healthy person, these roots will provide great context and meaning for all the various encounters we will have in the larger world. We are centered in something so we can relate that, what happened out there to something in here, and it resonates. And I go, oh, this is what this means. This is what this feels like. It feels good or less good, reassuring or disturbing. And we all want to feel safe and secure we all carry our home within us, wherever we go. Um, and, and so it provides a comforting, reassuring sense of place, whether we understand that place as a place in, in space or in time, but we can respond to our circumstances and remain centered and stable no matter where we are. But it's also true that sometimes people are not complete or less complete or even broken. And that these very means that would normally nurture them and bring to them a form of caring and nurturing of, as, a, as a, their nature of, as a being can become twisted into expressions that will end up isolating and dividing them from one another. 
And we will well, we'll find that the same cancer thing can be twisted where we divide ourselves as humans into antagonistic tribal allegiances and uh, with appeals to blood and soil and to toxic nationalism and other isms. And the very maternal energies, this, this loving, comforting, securing, enveloping energy of cancer may be turned into a poison that actually fosters division and instabilities. Uh, the energy itself is not good or bad. It's just what is working with that energy and how well it understands and uses it. If the, if the mechanism and the vehicle, if the spirit is somewhat distorted or broken, it's not the energy's fault that it comes out in these ways, but it does. Um, and it's unfortunate. Uh, of course, um, when we next encounter water, um, it is after we've gone through our journey through the realm of Libra. And the heirs of Libra are there to help us find our way to most reasonably and fairly structure and articulate the place we meet one another in, that is, our relationships. I like to say there's always three things in any relationship. There's me, there's you, and there's our relationship. And the purpose of Libra is to help us understand that we need to work on making the space the best space possible for each and every person we're encountering there to be themselves, to fulfill themselves in this space. Our only freedom is the freedom to be and become, and we need to create realms of being with one another, these relationships, which encourage each of us to become more of who we are in and through and because of that space. So yes, it's the purpose of Libra to set these terms, the rules, the agreements, the contracts of how we will treat one another in our space of relationship. But the only way we can really be fulfilled in our relationships with one another is by something much more profound and much more meaningful. We must find our way to overcome the obvious. What is obvious? That we are beings in these separate bodies or vehicles. We are alone. We are separate. But we wish to join with one another and become something more than what we were or are. And we need to join together and become more one with one another. Scorpio rules this experience, perhaps the most personally profound of our experiences of connecting. All the water signs connect us in these various ways, but the most moving perhaps for many people, the most transforming experiences happen in Scorpio. Because here we experience the precious experience of combining with one another, either one-to-one -one, as in a relationship of love and partnership, or one-to-many as in any significant human undertaking, such as a business or community endeavor. I like to say, I often say, one human being is pitiful, quite helpless, un and unable to do, be, to do or be much of anything. In fact, we would not and could not be human without one another in the first place. Obviously, it starts in our family, and then throughout our life, we're shaping and transforming and sculpting one another, and we need to do this freely and willingly, not be forced, of course, that's key. But and certainly we have been shaped by all our experiences we've had with one another, all their voices, all their thoughts, all their feelings that we had and shared through and with them live on in us. We're more of a we than an I. 
And in Scorpio, we confront that in a most profound and meaningful way. When you put two or more humans together in the right way and give them the right means, that is when the magic happens. One and one will no longer equal two. <laughs> it, can equal, it can equal quite well almost anything we might imagine if we put our hearts and minds together in, in this combination, in this mystery. It is the mystery and it's the magic of what is known as alchemy, of combining things and energies, and in this case, humans together, that is what creates our growth and transformations of our own world and of one another. We have transformed who we are. We've transformed the world through combining elements and, and processes and one another to make something into something else. And it's actually how the whole world works in terms of how our biochemistry works in our body and, and, and magnificent processes in space. Everything is combining and transforming and changing one another. We are trying as humans to do this consciously. We will grow through one another and become something more than we are with one another because in any union, you have to sacrifice. You must, and it will hopefully know how, to give up the lesser things in you and combine with another and grow that greater thing you share between you. Every meaningful combination requires sacrifice. And the word sacrifice means to make sacred. You give up the lesser to grow and combine into the greater. And as you move closer to join with one another, and, and share together and work together, be joined to one another, you will equally be reborn and become a truer version of you. Because as I move closer to you and you to me, and yes, we do get close and form the oneness through ma marriage, through partnerships, through other combinations, we actually come closer to each other, but we actually through that process of letting go of the lesser in us, come closer to the truer us through one another. We're reborn. That's why Scorpio rules birth, rebirth, but also death. In Scorpio, we encounter the fact, the awful and terrifying fact that we're going to die. And so we have to find our head and heart to get around that and realize, well, what do I think about this? Do I believe in my immortality and that this physical form is just a form? Or will I cease to exist when this is all done? Um, that's why we're left speechless by the experiences we encounter in Scorpio and later find our words in the time of Sagittarius when we work on our truths and teachings and beliefs. Everything flows one to the next. That is the beauty of the Zodiac and the, the circle of the living ones is that it's one great story of human and spiritual unfoldment. But just like in Cancer, these experiences of Scorpio, perhaps even more powerfully, can become twisted and, and break us and break one another if we're not prepared or mature enough to understand what is going on here. If we misunderstand it or misuse it, we may, rather than achieving a mutual sacrifice and upliftment for one another, we may actually seemingly be forcing ourselves or be forced by another to give up something that is essential for us or for them 
that is part of their core or ours, and by this false union or sacrifice, their upliftment or ours becomes instead an alienation, a true denial of our spirit. It can lead to manipulation and control, to fear and self-destruction. We do fear rejection and loss in Scorpio, and we confront that awful truth that we and everything and everyone else is going to die. And yet we can, if we understand this process, realize that this is the way to the greater truth as well. We are immortals, just merely moving through a mortal realm. We come finally to the third sign of Pisces which having experienced the airy realm of Aquarius, the sign that rules our companionships and fellowships and our essential humanity and love for one another. So what comes after that, after achieving our sense of brotherhood and sisterhood, of companionship, of trying to build that shining city on the hill and create a world of happiness for one and all, what could come after that? But in Pisces, we feel we and find and feel our way to that which takes us beyond the human, beyond to consider life and spirit as one. Pisces takes us beyond any one form, beyond any one culture or species, really. Pisces makes us look more deeply within and then to turn and look at the heavens above and realize that we and all of creation are held together by our oneness in spirit, or as I say, that we're all ones of the one. With Pisces, we transcend time and space as we wonder and as we wander through worlds within worlds and our own imaginations, as well as in what is out there around us too. Having come through all the signs, it is in Pisces that we find our greatest experiences of compassion and empathy, of profound understanding of the preciousness of all of life in all its innumerable forms. There are no greater hearts, no greater depths of compassion and willingness to sacrifice than found in Pisces. In Pisces, we let go and we truly grow into our greatness. We are lifted up as we are equally humbled by the mystery and majesty of the cosmos. And we find the same light shining there in the heavens that streams forth from our dear loved one's eyes. The whole journey through the signs is for us to become an ever more complete and self-aware creator in this great creation. And yet here we find ourselves in Pisces and realize that in order to keep to this path, we must even let go of that, of our precious identity, at least as we've understood it to that point. You and I will never be again. This personality, it's merely a vehicle for this moment to hold us in this particular life. In our next life, we will not be that. How could we be? And so we confront the question, what? What will continue? What or who will remain in life after life? 
many will attempt and have attempted to know this. And some having found their peace, they smile and tell us that all will be well. We are told that we will find there are many ways to enter the kingdom of the gods, and each of us is here to store our spiritual treasures in heaven, that is, our good works and kindnesses, for that is all we will take from life to life. And it will be the measure and foundation for our future that will come to us when we take up our journey here on earth once again someday. Yes, it's in Pisces we gather in the fruits of our, all our endeavors in this life, and we harvest those seeds of our spiritual character that we will then plant in the next cycle. But many are troubled by this ultimate sacrifice, that they don't want to let go of all that they know. They don't want to let go of their ego and their sense of their individual selfhood. And that by moving into some form of experience of nirvana, of being blown out from this, the only form they know, they live in fear of what, what will remain. And so they may attempt to escape these fears by resorting to means that create a false sense of peace, a temporary bomb or realm, as they flee from the inescapable, the inescapable being that you are an immortal but you're moving through these mortal worlds. Yes, the three signs connect us to our roots, to our origins, to one another, and ultimately to whatever we know as spirit or God or the one. I just love talking about this stuff, as you can tell, uh, and there's so much to understand here for us all. And the study of astrology really is the study of life and the meaning of life. And I encourage any and all of you to, um, to uh, if you want to contact me and find some good books to read on astrology, it is a journey both in spirit and the universe, but also in, within yourself that provides comfort and understanding that helps you on this path that is your awakening. Now, I thought I'd also like today to just take up for a little while looking at what's coming up here in July the 7th, I, but I realize I'm in a way skipping over another important event that many people, maybe more in the past than in present day, would always focus upon, which is the, the, the lunar and solar eclipses. And usually we get two of each a year at least, if not more. And indeed, we are having the solar eclipse happening on Monday, on July the 2nd. Now, it's one that's happening, uh, solar eclipse is very narrow in terms of where the band of the totality or partial eclipse will happen. In this case, it's going to be happening in the South uh, Pacific area, mostly, though visible in parts of South America as well. Um, so nothing that we're going to see here in the Northern Hemisphere, but it does stand as a, as a reminder that we are in this, what I like to call the dance of the planets that we're moving around one another as all the planets whirl around the sun and we whirl around one another, that we will line up with one another at various times. And it's quite, quite mysterious and magical that it's just so that the, the, the diameter, the, the size of the moon and how far away it is from the earth will allow at times for that moon to come between us and the sun and in so doing blot out the sun perfectly 
I mean, what's the chances of that? Why is it so exact? Is is it, it boggles the mind? Because just just a few thousand miles further away, or the moon was a few thousand miles, you know, more more compact, um, less uh, not so big. This wouldn't happen. Uh, it wouldn't be so so absolute, so a perfect uh, blocking out of the sun's light as we get in a total eclipse. So there's something to think about that. But anyways, <laughs> when when these things occur. Back in ancient days, people were quite moved and upset about it because there was the light that all life depends upon being eliminated, uh, and and it was scary. And so they looked upon these as portents and, and and sort of indicators of something terrible about to happen or is happening. Um, and though some people still ascribe that kind of negative tonality to these things. It is not how it's been really understood in, in true spiritual circles. It's said to be a time when these alignments occur, when the energies, spiritual energies are even more tightly aligned between the sun, the moon, and here on earth. And often great ceremonies and initiations take place, especially at the solstices and the equinoxes when they coincide with eclipses, which are said to be very profound moments of entry of spiritual energies into our physical plane. And so we should look upon this moment here on July 2nd as a moment to pause and reflect upon what is being asked of us now. What are the energies that are being transmitted to us now? And of course, given it's a total eclipse in cancer, it is something to do with a reminder again to pause and consider what is at the root of all this? Where do we all come from? What holds us all together in common feeling and affection for one another. Can we continue with that? Can we restore that? Can we hold to that? Is always uh, the abiding question in any time. When we look at Mercury turning retrograde, of course, that's usually three times a year and it lasts for three weeks every time and everybody likes to lay at the, at the door of Mercury retrograde, all sorts of ills and problems and difficulties. And of course, I'll be writing about this in the next couple of days on the blog and commenting on it more fully perhaps there. But I always like to remind people that this is just a phenomenon caused by, again, planetary orbital dynamics, that what's in fact happening is Mercury is catching up to us on the inside track. It's closer to the sun. So it gets around the sun several times in a year. We get around once in our year. Um, and so it will come along and sort of lap us on the inside track, you know, three times a year. And if it starts off early enough in a year, it can even happen four times a year, so to speak, in what we call a year. And so here Mercury is catching up uh, on the inside track and passing us on that inside track. And so coming between us and the sun during this kind of a period. Um, but, Again, since Mercury is said to rule communications and thought forms, our networking ability, the network within us and our own nervous systems and mental qualities of perception and transmission uh, of cogitation and understanding, whenever Mercury is retrograde, it is a good idea to, to take even more time to pay attention and to be more careful in observing and not misconstrue things much more careful than listening to others, certainly when we're talking about the human condition, and more careful in speaking to others because there is the ever greater sense with Mercury retrograde 
that we might be more introverted or more in a more mode of not being as um, conscious of the fact that we are not paying attention and and others also even if we are others may not be so they may be mispronouncing misspeaking or mishearing us equally and so much of the problems that are laid at the foot of mercury retrograde i would say comes because because people aren't paying attention to the weather just like when it's hot out or cold out we dress accordingly um, when planets are making certain changes we need to be real, realize that the weather, astrological weather, has changed. And if we would just prepare ourselves for it, we could make good use of this time. And it's invaluable what Mercury retrograde tends and seems to bring to us is an opportunity to sort of become more introspective, contemplative, reviewing what we've been thinking, reconsidering what our assumptions are, digging deeper into things and therefore maybe making and, and aligning ourselves more truly, making corrections. That's what it's for. It's for review and revision and renewal. And so from July 7th it, and running till July 31st, yes, it is said, maybe projects become slowed down, things that are moving forward tend to get delayed. That's fine. It's a good time to talk things over more it's said to be not a, the best time to sign a contract, but if you have to, just understand that maybe once it goes direct, there might be a need to revise it. No big deal, but still, if you can avoid major final decisions or taking final actions on something, people say try to avoid that during Mercury retrograde, but it's hard because life does go on and we have to do something sometimes. But just understand that if you pay more attention and try to spell things out as clearly as you can and have them other people likewise do with you, you'll avoid much of the, the pitfalls and, and traps of Mercury retrograde seemingly that are out there that are really just caused by our own misunderstanding of the energy. Um, now, where Mercury's retrograde is important for anybody, if you know your chart, Mercury is turning retrograde at four and a half degrees of Leo, and it will retrograde back till about 24, 324 degrees of Cancer. So that's the range of the first four degrees of Leo and the, the last, let's say, six, seven degrees of Cancer is where the retrograde will take place. And in that part of your chart, wherever Mercury is retrograding, is where you might find a greater need to pay attention and review and, rec and recollect and, and revise your thinking or understanding of various things that that part of the chart rules. So if it was your first house, it'd be oh, you got to focus on your presence and your personality, and maybe you want to rethink your hairstyle or your, the tone of your voice, depending upon the depth of what you want to deal with there. If it was going to the opposite house, your seventh house, it's time to re review and reconsider your relationship patterns and your contracts and things of that nature. If it was in your fourth house, a time to relook at your roots and your home and your family. So depending upon where it's retrograding, that's where things may reverse for a while, or you'll go back and do something again, or you'll fix something, or re renew your understanding of that area of your life is what it's for. Um, now, it's retrograding beginning in Leo, so that means the first several days, the first 12 days of the retrograde from July 7th to July 19th, it's taking place in Leo. And that gives it a tonality of also dealing with, as it regards Leo, 
many questions about respect and honor and integrity will come up in whatever area of life it's addressing for you. But just in general, the whole world is going to be you know, thinking about what is respect, what is honor, what is integrity. Let's rethink that uh, in our lives because that's what Leo will tend to make us focus upon or, and many other things that Leo rules would also then be uh, addressed by that. And then when it moves into Cancer from July 19 to 31, again, the other 12 days of the retrograde. So the first 12 days, it's in Leo, the second 12 in Cancer. Um, and so in Cancer, it would then make us go back and look at the things we were talking about earlier, Cancer issues about security and home and family and nurturing and how we're rooted and reexamining our roots and reexamining our thought forms and how we are secure in our thoughts or insecure in our thoughts just are we honored by our thoughts or are we feeling dishonored by our thoughts when we had the mercury and leo so we'll be more sensitive about respect and being honored for our thinking in the first part of the mercury retrograde and then transition into more questions about are we feeling uh, comforted and secured and nurtured by our thoughts and what we're hearing in the second half of the retrograde cycle now there are those who know more of the, the intricacies and, 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 and sort of patterning of, of Mercury retrograde, that they actually extend the influence of Mercury retrograde way beyond these three weeks. It is said for many people that they will notice a shift of the energy as early as when Mercury moves across the position that it's going to retrograde back to. In other words, it comes through the sign of Cancer, then moves into Leo, goes retrograde backs out of Leo into Cancer and stops at a certain point of Cancer where it turns direct. So at that point, when it first reaches that point of Cancer, in this instance, that's when we actually enter the retrograde field or zone. And that actually happened June 20th. So some of you may have felt, mm, there's a change happening here on June 2021, right when we had the solstice, of course, so that would have been remarkable, remarkable anyways. Um, and then Mercury will actually turn retrograde. We'll all feel it very strongly June 6th, and then the 7th, it's standing still, which is a very powerful day in communications for many people, and very important communications often happen when it's standing still, literally. Uh, and then it picks up speed, begins going backwards for a while, and then comes to stand still once again on July 31st. And so it's moving forward by August 1st. Um, but it doesn't leave the retrograde zone of where it turned retrograde on July 7th until we get to August 15th. So for people who are more aware of this or more sensitive about these matters, they won't say Mercury's retrograde from, they'll say it's retrograde from July 7th to July 31st. They'll, they'll say those three weeks, yes, those 24 days, that's the retrograde but they still feel themselves to be in a retrograde-like period in some ways, in this case, from June 20th to August 15th. It's almost two months. Um, and again, some people won't even feel the effects at all because that's not who they are. Um, but for some of you, you might feel that it lasts that long. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. To have greater sensitivity, of course, is actually a very good thing. Um, well, I, I see today that I probably picked a day where everybody's out and about and uh, on doing something for the weekend because it is the summer after all. 
Uh, and though a couple of people have called in earlier, they've now dropped off my call sheet here. So I have no one to talk to today. And uh, I hope some of you are out there listening and enjoying the show. And of course, you can always listen to any show as a podcast. So it's available once it's been processed by Blog Talk Radio. It'll be available as something you can just stream and listen to at your leisure whenever you want. So it'll be up there very shortly. But what I'll do today is I'll just end the show early and go out and enjoy the sun myself now that I've been cooped up here all day long working. Uh, And I hope and trust that I'll have another show probably in about a week or two, not next week, but probably the week thereafter on various topics um, of interest in terms of what's going on here in the world. So I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I enjoyed uh, speaking with you, uh, and uh, I look forward to another show with you in about two weeks. Okay? Bye for now.